Mm. We're back. Are we back? What, we was that, what was that big? Mm. I don't know. I was Love just that. being a bit blousy. So, um, yeah, we've managed Actually, to... I was just covering up the fact that I was sending an email while we started this podcast. That's just true. explaining to someone why I haven't been picking up my phone. Um, now, yeah. guess what landed on my desk yesterday? Your quarterly essay. Oh, it's not in the bin yet. But I feel good. like I really actually know very little like, about, even oh. though you've been telling me you've been working on it. We haven't actually had any like um, like in-depth chats about the content of it. Yeah, right. I've been holding out on you. So why don't we have one now? I've been boring myself to death with writing it. No. <laughs> what is the general gist of it? Okay, so after I wrote The Wife Drought, this thing that really, really just stuck with me because I couldn't quite answer it was why is it that even though, you know, women have changed the way that we work over the last 50 years, like just beyond recognition, I mean the amount of women that have stopped being stay-at-home parents and, you know, mm. um, moved into the workforce, I mean parents and non-parents, but um, um, because, you know, parenting and working is quite a big and common stress factor across mm. a, a, like a sizable slice of the, of the um, community, why is it that, the patterns are still that women are doing a lot of the kind of juggling and why is it that over that time men haven't really changed the way that they work at all um, or very much? Um, Like why is that? And is it – and this is a question that I really struggled with while I was writing The Wife Drought because some people would say, mate, like no man wants to be at home at three o'clock, you know, juggling children and like, you know – like looking after kids is tricky, thankless work and all that sort of stuff. You know, you if you had the chance to just, you know, get someone else to do it and mm. keep going with your job, wouldn't you do it? Um, and so to what extent is that the factor or is it that there are um, sort of clear signposts in lots of workplaces that say, look, parental leave and flexible working and all that sort of stuff is totally permitted but it's for women and then other things will happen to women like so it's not for you man who's married because your wife should be doing that right um and i think it's kind of a combination of both things but there's not all that much research around mm. like it's quite tantalizing or well, there wasn't back then and so can, i was trying to answer I this question ask a sort of sidebar mm. question is there any um, – with same-sex families, is there any evidence that one partner assumes that sort of role where they're doing the work and less of the childcare and the other person assumes um, more of the childcare or does it tend to be more evenly shared? There is actually just not that much research around yet about right. that, which I'm absolutely eagerly awaiting. I mean, mm. all I've got is kind of, you know um, – uh, anecdotal stuff, which is kind of you know, um, yeah, just sort of depends on who you know, really. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is now a few years down the track, a bit more research about um, particularly what different generations of men say that they want to do, and the interesting thing is that in among the Diversity Council of Australia did some research um, a year or two back, which is really interesting, showing that among millennial fathers, there's a big difference. Like they oh. want to work in a different way. Right. Um, they're starting to incorporate these ideas about working part-time, about working flexibly, about taking parental leave. But like there are – of those who want to do those things, a far greater percentage actually ask for them and then um, a smaller percentage again are like granted the right to do it. And I just um, – I do think that while – 
um, you know, we pay a lot of attention to what's happening to women in workplaces and why are they not progressing to these um, positions and so on. There's this weird lack of interest in, well, what's happening with men? And one of my favourite researchers, Jennifer Baxter at the Australian Institute of Family Studies, who does a lot of stuff on fathers, um, published this – I think I gave you a taste. I, I described the graph to you um, She's compiled this sort of graph of the um, average experience of Australian men and women after they have a child and the women's lives goes like they go absolutely all over the shop. Their paid work goes straight down and mm. just doesn't ever recover to the same point. Again, their um, uh, load of childcare goes straight up, their load of domestic work goes straight up and then doesn't really drop again whereas and the men they're all on a just they're on a straight line their work hours their um childcare stuff goes up a bit and then sort of plateaus out and their domestic work just stays the same it's quite amazing and anyway um so i've had a look at this and so this essay is called men at work mm. and i am looking at the experience of men in workplaces and investigating whether there are structural um uh, circumstances in place that actively dissuade men from responding to changes in their like lives outside work by changing mm. the way that they work, which is what women do um, to a very great extent. And there really are. Um, and I, it was funny actually just I, I was reading this year about some cases in the States where um, uh, where men have sued their employers because they've been rejected they've applied for parental leave um and and been rejected because they've been told that they're because they're not the mother they can't have parental leave mm. and so um there's a few like um JP Morgan Chase had to do this settlement um a few months ago and i was reading about these cases and thinking oh it's interesting there's a bit of case law around i mean like america is the only oecd country that has a worse offering than australia of public paid parental leave by the way um when we got it 9 years ago um and it's ours is quite a minimal, minimalist scheme we were the second to last um, Western nation to actually legislate a scheme and the last one that still doesn't have one is America. So it's quite mm. um, fascinating. But anyway, so I rang um, Kate Jenkins, who's the Equal Opportunity Commissioner or Sex Discrimination Commissioner, and um, I said, oh, I just, I've been looking around looking for any case law where Australian men have sued their employers because they've been rejected for paid parental leave. And she said, oh, yeah, no, there wouldn't be any. And I'm like, oh, how come? And she said, oh, because um, Section 31 of the Sex Discrimination Act actually allows employers to discriminate against men. Isn't that amazing? What? So there's an actual clause in the Sex Discrimination Act, like this is the act that is supposed to stop there being discrimination on the grounds of gender in workplaces, which says nothing in the act prohibits um, employers for making um, different rules for women around pregnancy and birth. So you you can't really – you're allowed. And it's, it's funny because, like, the, that act was passed in 1984 and that was basically because, you know, women were moving into the workplace in a big way and finding mm. all these problems with harassment and discrimination and stuff. And so that legislation was kind of put in place by the Hawke government. Mm. Um, but it didn't really think forward to the next wow, – why would you? It hasn't been updated. 
Well, not in that respect, wow. no. And um, and because and I, I, you know, I would never argue that like men are more dis- disadvantaged in the workplace than women. Nor would I ever argue that you know things are hunky dory for women who are seeking leave and returning to work and trying to get flexible work and all that sort of thing. But the expectation that men will um, take up parental leave or take up flexible work and like there's heaps of companies in Australia, big companies that are stepping into like all roles flex, flexible working. Mm. I mean it's not a fancy thing anymore. Mm. It's quite mainstream. And yet the take up among men is kind of like really a bit Mm. like it's definitely lower than that of women. The take up of, of parental leave like the public pay parental leave scheme in the nine years that it's been operation in operation um, of the recipients, less than one half of 1% are men. Like it's. So what is the, so do you find that there's um, discouragement in the workplace for men to do that, even though it's there on offer, or do you find that men just don't actually want to do it? There are all sorts of signs basically, um, that, I mean, these policies are often um, offered to the primary carer. Mm. And so there's this kind of like, well, are you going to be the primary carer? Because otherwise you don't get this this leave. Right. And primary carer and secondary carer, even though they've these terms in the legislation have been sort of like de-gendered because of same-sex couples, there is a hidden, like primary carer is basically codename Mom, birth right. mother. So, right. like, even in like same-sex lesbian couples, where one is the birth mother and the other is the non-birth mother, birth mother is likely to be number one primary well, carer. That's well, the assumption, right? And right. the legislation for the paid parental leave scheme is you can only apply for the paid parental, the public scheme as the birth mother, and then you can transfer it to your partner right. if you want to. I mean, it doesn't happen right. very much. Um, so, uh, it's kind of so there are and. And the, the the culture is, it's not just what the rules are, it's also what the practice is. And yeah. the interesting thing that I have am really encouraged about um, and that I've gone into at some length in the um, essay is I've had a look at a couple of companies that have radically changed their definitions and their approach to parental leave and have brought, around, brought about a very quick change in behaviour. Mm. And that to me is interesting because that tells me it's not that um, so what all done? dads don't want to do it. It's that they need active permission and kind of, yes, dude, this is for you. And what is the what have they done? Like right, so example? Medibank, for instance, is one of the main examples I use. So about oh, not even very long ago, eight, but two years ago now, maybe they decided to. They just worked out that they weren't getting. They had a lot of women that would be, would go off on parental leave for a year, and then um, they most came back, but not all. But then if they stayed off for two years, then they're return rate was just tiny and that was a real problem because you know like spent a lot of money training people mm. and whatever they want to retain their good people um and their experience of um the principal um parental leave scheme that they offered in-house was that about two or three percent of the people who took it were men. Like it was very, very low buy-in mm. by men. And so they were kind of messed around for a while and they were a bit like, oh, do we like maybe we should pay super for the unpaid bits or like how do we address women's superannuation issues and blah, blah, blah. And they talked to a lot of people who were just like, it's just annoying. 
you know, having to like, how do you manage everything? How do you juggle things? And so they thought, well, here's a crazy idea. Why don't we just remove the idea of primary carers? You can have parental leave. If you've had a kid, um, i.e. if you're the father, the mother, if you've adopted, surrogate, whatever, if a child has come into your life, then you get parental leave. Right. And it's 14 weeks paid and you can take it all at once. If your other half also works for Medibank, um, you can both take it at the same time if you want. You can right. both have it and or you can take it um, in two chunks or you can take like a day a week for however long it mm. takes to. And that is That's the a good thing way of doing it. Yeah. that has really got men involved. So seriously, like in the short time that that, that um, policy has been in place, they've gone from about 2 or 3% to nearly a third mm. that are wow. men. and. So it's a, just an interesting study in how, you know, just like we used to say, well, m- women don't want to work or they're not con- constitutionally suited to being in politics or whatever, like in all of these funny old ideas that we th- mm. laugh at now. I think that the whole, well, what man wants to, you know, be a parent or like be with their own kids if they can get out of it is also, um, I think, an attitude that will outdate and that is frankly just insulting to a whole bunch of men who make really great parents and who just aren't given historically the opportunity. Like I think there is a lot of underlying stuff. I go into this into the essay in quite a bit of um, detail um, of what it is that stops men from thinking that flexible work is for them or that parental leave is for them. Mm, That sounds really good. Mm. Um, the I've often wondered, it's sort of, I guess, akin to that, um, but it's more about the domestic stuff, which you addressed mm. in your last book. Um, what, you know, like we, we see all the time these things about women's domestic labour, as you say, goes up and it stays up mm. and men's just always stays the same. Women do a disproportionate share of the domestic yep. household work. Yep. There is no, like what incentive is there for men to change that? Like there's no incentive like, cause I don't, uh, for example, if I was the person having to do more work at home, I don't want to do that. Well, so if my wife's doing it, I, like, you know, it's easy to be, it, it's, it's just easy to be selfish. Sure, yeah. However, there is a really interesting nexus between a share of domestic work and... How much sex you get? Yes. <laughs> there is, actually. Yes, there is. There really is. I mean, there's a lot of weird studies around this stuff, but... Um, there is a really yeah. What sort of play do you like? Of, putting the bin out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, oh, there sorry, is a that connection was my chair. between. Sure, it was your chair, mate. Um, between the amount of um, the extent to which um, a father is around at the time of their baby being born, to the amount of like to the evenness of division of work play, of, of, of domestic labour down the track. Right. And see, the issue is that in the kind of orthodox arrangement, man and lady, and obviously I don't ever suggest that all relationships are heterosexual, I'm dealing with like relationships where mm, this, there is. is this gender divide. Um, so in Australia, you look, oh, what do I do? What do my friends do? I'll oh, take a year off and take a year off. Um and look to the um, public scheme, well, that's for the mum and there's another scheme called dad and partner pay so that it's really obvious who shouldn't be the primary carer um, who, and that's two weeks, mm. right? So dads take two weeks in Australia, if that, like heaps don't take any. And so he hangs around, goes to the chemist a few times and then um, 
pops off back to work. And there is research showing that men work longer uh, work weeks after they've um, had a baby too. Um, and then in the meantime, the mum is getting really good at doing all of the like child care, knows how to put mm. tiny cardigans on tiny arms and so on and knows about all the friends at the play group and all of that sort of stuff. And so she is more efficient at doing that stuff. Mm. And so um, she's got to teach the dad how to do it but if everyone's tired maybe she'll just go it's easier if I just do it myself and so then at the end of that process of having you know baby by the time that you've got a toddler or whatever and everything's slightly you know I'd say more under control but we all know that it isn't um then she's got this proficiency in all these tasks so she's kind of like I'll just do it yeah and I know that you you ask well why would a man change but there is also a very interesting substratum of behavioural analysis that looks at why women don't change. And, I mean, you will remember from your close reading of my book, Life Drought, <laughs> that frequently women who are the, are the primary breadwinners in their family and are also the primary carers mm. um, and who hang on to domestic tasks and, well, look, the theory is that they hang on to it because having relinquished one sort of feminine ideal of being, you know, by having, um, you know, broken one um, uh, um, orthodoxy of, of being a woman by being the primary breadwinner, they don't want to breach another one by also not being the person right. who looks after things at home. So right. there's a really complicated series of very, you know, deep cultural um, influences here. But um, the thing that I learned was the more involved a dad is at the around the birth of the kid where nobody knows anything, the more involved they are um, down the track. Right. And it will surprise no one to know that Norway, which has like an amazing um, – uh, paid parental leave scheme that has a chunk of leave that is usable, to, available to the family only if the dad takes it, also has one of the most even divisions of domestic oh. labour in the world. So, like, it is really important to get this stuff right at the time that a kid is born. There is absolutely no sense in saying, well, we'll, well, we'll do this the other way around next time because no, you won't because – no, you won't because everybody is already settled into their what am I good at and what are right. you good at. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get through this as fast as possible because I don't want to take us over the 30 minutes. If you like chat10looks3.com, you can visit our website. Um, there are links. Give the address for sales. Give the address. chat10looks3.com, that's what I just said. Oh, Everything we talk about, there's links to all of it right there. There's a thing that called Bedside Table you can click on. It's an online bookstore. You can buy the books that we talk about. Uh, sometimes there's merch for sale on there. Sometimes there's details about live shows that we're doing. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. And if you see Annabelle Crab in the streets, make sure you walk up and say hello and ask her to open your local school fate. And I will give them your home address. You're welcome. I wonder if you say if you're a man and you haven't uh, lived with somebody or been married in, until your 40s, right? Mm. So let's say you've been a bachelor having to take responsibility for your own yep. flat or whatever. Yeah. I wonder then if you get married when you say 45 – are you an awesome sharer of domestic labour because you have had 25 years of practice of doing it for yourself or do you revert to type? There is something dreadful in coming in the answer to this because um, I can't remember. I assume it's like time use diaries 
um, data. I remember I looked into this exact question in the wife drought and it's really interesting to look at points at which people's lives change in terms of like how what, at what points do they change the amount of domestic work that they do or right. change the amount of paid work that they do. And we know from this graph that I was describing that, you know, when a woman has a baby it goes haywire like right. her work hours go down, her housework goes up, her childcare goes up. Like so her chart looks like doing, 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 jumping yeah. around everywhere. The man's is just like – so yeah. nothing changes. So like he doesn't – his domestic – workload is stays at about an average 15 hours a week before during after the birth of a child his right. child care hours go up he spends more time looking after children fair enough he now has one um but if you look at men's lives and what changes their um level of domestic work when they move out of home mm-hmm. it goes up mm-hmm. and when they get married it goes down and when they have a baby, it stays the same. Now, look, it's it's important to point out, right, because just before anyone angrily calls me and says, well, my husband doesn't work because I, you know, um, my partner does um, a lot of domestic work, which, you know, is great. Thank you very much. Um, but the average experience, and these stats are full averages across Australia, are just so unbelievably predictable i mean they're just stunning really and um and the truth is yeah men do less work domestically after they get married and women do more work <laughs> that is just so depressing <laughs> oh dearie dearie anyway me. there was a lot of optimistic stuff in the essay and it's there's a few laughs as well but um what I... i'm trying to do at all times with this debate is not make it an attack like it's just no. interesting no it's i was thinking i'm interested by the data yeah also i think a lot of employers are like well you know so and so is having a baby um if she's a woman, they're like, okay, so, you know, what arrangements are we going to make after the birth? You're going to come back part-time. What's going to happen? But people don't really say the same thing about me. Oh, right, I understand you're having mm. a baby. Like, how are you going to deal with this? They don't get put on the spot like that. And I think, to be honest, because for men the um, having a baby is not like a physical event that – physically prevents them from working for a bit because heaps mm. people say, well, look, mm. oh, right, well, what are you going to like get men to grow breasts or whatever? And I'm like, guys, like if you breastfeed a baby for let's say six months, it still needs looking after after that. Like, I mean, parental responsibilities don't just extend as far as breastfeeding goes. And like I'd never argue that women and men respond exactly the same way to, to the birth of a baby because of course they don't. One of them has to push it out and, you know, you know, there's a whole strain to um, – to, talking about why breastfeeding is great that's about contact and that's about bonding Mm. and yet people really don't freak out that much about the fact that you know the dad who's also a really important parent you know we we sort of view dads as expendable in some way which is so a it's insulting b it's unfair it, it kind of it also like i mean it sort of robs men to of an experience that is whilst you know all sorts of difficult is also quite a magical thing. And like I look back at my own career and I think, well, I totally changed the way that I work. Every time I had a child, I kind of changed it up and mm. I found ways of, you know, working in a fulfilling way that also allowed me to like um, work flexibly and be at home a lot and work after hours and do all sorts of, you know, sometimes, frankly, batshit crazy things, right? <laughs> and I look back and they have great dinner party stories. Sometimes they just make me want to cry a little bit. But like also 
it's led me to do different things in my career. It's allowed me to have these great experiences with my children. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot to be said for changing the way that you work when your life Oh, I'm a big, be- big believer in, with all of it, um, doing whatever it takes to keep you sane and, you know, your kids chugging along and your relationship chugging along if that's what you want um, and just ignoring, like, whether it's things like scheduling yourself a cesarean. That's what you want to do? Bloody go for it if mm. you think that that's going to help you. If you want a bottle feed, do it. If you want to breastfeed until they're four, do it. Yeah. Do whatever you like, like, you know, well, really. I think that one of the issues about um, – becoming a parent is it is genuinely just one of the most terrifying junctures of your life because all mm. of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this. But, but all I these think things. one of the most terrifying things is all of the judgment and expectations that you will do it the right way. And that's way. why people cleave to the expectations that they see around them. They do what, you know, I mean, having a family is the point at which you you understand, for instance, what all your family's expectations are. Because mm. if you do – I know I've spoken to a lot of people in the wife drought who's who decided with their partner that they that they would go back to work and, you know, that the dad would stay home and um, be the primary carer for a while. And I've heard a lot from women who say, oh, my God, my family who I thought was so evolved and kind of like we're all kind of like, what, you're doing what? Yeah. And then a lot of, you know, but what about his career? And you're like, well, hang on, what are, you know. Yeah. They've both got careers or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of power in these cultural norms that yeah. you really only notice if you start swimming against them, right? Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. So anyway. it, I don't know. In, in my experience with friends that I've seen having a tough time, it's often been, um, you know, particularly because I think in that period when you have a newborn baby, you're particularly vulnerable because yep. you feel worried that yep. you're, are, are you going to mess it up. Yep. Um, and most of the time it's been around people feeling like I'm doing something wrong yep. because, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that yep. or the baby doesn't sleep sleep or whatever the issue is, or I don't really like it very much, Uh, I'm not having a good time, everyone says you feel, magical. it's magical and this actually sucks and, you know, like (laughs) there's so many different ways that people respond to it and I just always say to people just. Or people who's like, I'll be back at work after that kid's 12 weeks old and they're just suddenly like. Yeah, it's just uh, like, no. well, don't worry yeah. about it. Like, that's yeah. completely fine. Just yeah. don't worry about it. You know, you're not enjoying hanging out with the baby? It's fine. Let your friend have it for a couple of hours. Go and have a sleep. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I just think people need to give themselves a ton of yeah. slack at yeah. that stage of life because it is really hard. And I think you actually, all your thoughts about, oh, I'll go back to work at blah, 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 when the baby arrives, you don't really know how you're going to manage until – because you've never yeah. done anything like it. Sure, so you don't yeah. know if you're going to be somebody who actually likes it and enjoys it and can juggle a lot of stuff or if you're going to be just a blithering wreck. Yeah. So you sort of have to just roll with it, I think. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and wouldn't it be nice if everyone could just roll with it? Like, Because I, I think, you know, there is a whole other layer of expectations on um, men in workplaces that say there's something weird about you if you're mm. – if you're, you know – Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess this leave is available to you if that's what you want to do. Although the flip side of that also is that I think sometimes, um, and I don't don't want to sound like I'm um, being, you know, man-hating or anything, but men get praise for stuff that women with children stuff that just goes unremarked. So, oh, what a beautiful dad going up and doing reading group. Yeah, well, I bloody do that every week. No one's telling (laughs) me what a beautiful mum I (laughs) (laughs) So there's a bit of that. But, um, no, anyway, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I go and um, I know. Do yeah, some we've, work. we've just blathered about this goddamn essay the whole time. No, but that was but really interesting, and I wanted to blather about it and no. hear all about it. So yeah, it's good. Um, anything else? Um, no, seriously, I'm not lying. I have wait. to go and do my job. <laughs> oh, sorry. This happens every single time. Yeah, You've got to go and do your job. 
<laughs> what a selfish I know, it's you just, are. I'm very, very selfish. Um, all right, bye. See you soon. Hello, Crab here. Um, speaking on the suboptimal recording soundstage that is my phone, um, it occurs to me that in our discussion of the quarterly essay, I failed to mention something that might be quite interesting for chatters who do not have two hands available at once and a pair of eyes to read something. I know that uh, such people are overrepresented in our listenership. So um, I have gone and read out loud a version of the quarterly essay for Audible. So if you go to Audible and look for Men at Work or Crab or something similar, you can, um, it's actually free if you are an Audible member. Um, and I think there are other things you can do to have a trial if, um, if that's not you. Look at the detail. Look at the detail that I'm supplying. Anyway, cheers. Thank you.